0: Amen. Pastor Don just asked me what I'm doing. <laughs> Lord. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, is that okay? Okay.
1: Praise God. Where's Pastor Doug? No, that's how we're going to keep it moving. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special. This is what we do for everybody else, right? You know? <laughs> we, for everybody <laughs> we have a, a guest speaker tonight, <laughs> one of our elders, uh, Shekinah Coleman, uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> Brother, trying, still trying to claim the sister. <laughs> uh, Shekinah Mitchell. I've known her her entire life, so I can vouch for her, hopefully. She's got a pretty cool husband who allows me to make those kind of mistakes and doesn't kill me. But let's stretch our hands out. Amen. Praise God. Well, we thank you for Shekinah, God. We, um, Wow. We thank you for Shekinah. We thank you that you chose to give her even that name. Acknowledging the power of your glory. And so tonight, God, you have given her the assignment of speaking on your behalf to us. So we pray, God, that she would just yield over to you and that your anointing would flow out of her. Lord, we thank you that the substance of the message she's bringing is something that she has lived. And so we thank you for the power of authenticity that is attached to her words tonight. So we honor you, God, and thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Through this your vessel. In Christ's name. Amen.
0: amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Don. All right, and I'm I'm gonna pray just really quickly too. Father God, thank you for all the prayers that have already been prayed. Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our ears to hear what it is that you are saying. Lord, would you move me out of the way? God, help my human brokenness not to be a distraction, but let people hear exactly what it is you are saying to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, y'all, I'm just going to be honest. I'm really nervous to be preaching Um some of y'all know me when I used to work for VCU and I used to give presentations all the time and so when Doug um, reached out to me and said hey Shekinah we're about to do this new series on the armor of God would you kick it off immediately I was like oh yeah I can do that that's fine Um, but the stuff that I've been doing feels totally different from this so y'all just bear with me this may be a little bit untraditional but praise God so um, Doug actually reached out because you know Pastor Don is my father and while he's preached several times here. Sometimes he would talk about um, me as a teenager and him walking into my room and seeing that I had the armor of God like typed up posted on my wall and I used to say that literally every single day so he would talk about that and Doug was like I keep you know remembering your dad talking about you going through the armor so I feel like you're supposed to kick us off and so I thought I would start with just telling the whole story and like what actually was happening so I went to Elijah House Academy shout out to all the folks who have been at Elijah House Angie I know you in the back you went to EHA too yes ma'am so um I went to Elijah House for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. One of the best decisions my parents made. It was super formative for me. And Pastor Cale would do Bible every single day. And at the end of Bible, he would say a prayer. And then he would say, as we go into battle this day, and then all of us in the whole school would say, we put on the helmet of salvation. We put on a breastplate of righteousness. We take up the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the devil. Right? So we would say that every single day. So literally for my entire middle school career, every day, that was just like ingrained. Brained in us, this is what you do. So when I graduated from eighth grade and it was time for me to go to high school, I was going to open high school. Anybody from open high school? Yes. And Chris Bowling, you did? All right, somebody. So um, I went to open high school and um, I was really nervous, right? Are there any fresh ninth graders? Anybody? Yes. Uh yeah y'all pray for these babies okay it was a difficult transition i was so nervous and open high school is a non-traditional high school so we didn't have any school buses you had to catch the, the city bus like the grtc to school and catch it home and i was blessed that my parents would drive me off most days but i would be catching the bus home so i was nervous and i was worried and what do you do when you're afraid, right? Or like when you're doing something different. For me, I was trying to cling to some sense of normalcy. What are what are those rhythms that I already have? How can I continue that even though I'm, I'm going into a different environment? So that's why I put it up on my wall. And really for the majority of my high school career, I did say that every single day. And there were two main reasons why I did that. One is because I needed to remind myself every single day, like, Shekinah, you are are a Christian, you are a spiritual being, okay? And, um, I was really blessed to be in a strong youth group. It's Pastor Chris Lee in the building. Chris Lee was one of those folks who would come and invest in us, you know, teens in the neighborhood. And we had a really great support system at our church that reminded us, you are a Christian. We even had something called the elite troops. So we were already in that like battle mode. So I was like, I need to remind myself I'm a Christian. And the second piece was that I needed to, re- to be reminded that I was in a battle, right? So at that time I had your traditional messages that most people are telling teens, Wait to have sex until you're married. Don't be out here smoking weed. Don't drink no alcohol. Respect your adults. Do well in school. You know, those pretty much regular messages that every teen has. But there was this reality that that's not easy, right? Like, it's not easy if this is what I see all of my friends doing. How am I not going to do that? And it's because you're fighting, right? You're in a battle. You're in a war. So those were the two reasons that I specifically um put that up on my wall and why I really said that throughout my high school career. So I want that story to kind of be the backdrop of these next few minutes that we spend together. And I want us to go ahead and actually read Ephesians um, 6, 10 through 20. This is our passage of scripture. So it says, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. Okay, so I really want to start off, guys, by examining those same two reasons that I told you guys that as a 13 year old, I was committed to saying the um, putting on the armor of God every single day. I believe those same reasons are relevant and applicable for us. So I want to start by focusing on verses 10 to 12. Okay, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. So some of you guys may be thinking, okay, Shekinah, I know I'm a Christian, right? Um, But it's important for us to remember what that actually means right when we come to faith when we decide to be a part of God's army and the family of God um, the Bible says that we become a new creation right that's why we talk about being born again so your spirit man becomes alive so when I talk about being reminded that I'm a Christian what I'm actually saying is being reminded that physically like what I see going on around me is not the ultimate truth right that's not the final say but actually my spirit man and what's happening in the spirit realm is what's more true for me because I am a Christian, right? And so when Paul says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, um, all of the things that he lists out, they're invisible and they're part of that spiritual realm. And he he says, therefore, or because of the spiritual reality, we need to put on the whole armor of God. So as believers, we have to build these healthy habits that help remind ourselves, you know what, everything that I see around me, yes, it is real, but what is more true for me is that I am Christian I am a spirit being okay and in order for us to live and be active in that spiritual setting in that spiritual realm we have to put on the armor of God now if we think about this in terms of like physically you guys put on clothes every day everybody came here dressed praise God we don't want anybody um you know being arrested for indecent exposure everybody um hopefully at this point you've had something to eat today right you fed yourself physically uh, because we see ourselves and, you know, our stomachs growl and, again, we don't want the repercussions of walking around with nothing on, we do these things every single day. But as believers, again, we need to have these practices that help remind us of who we are in the spirit, okay? So in the same way that we get dressed every day, it's important that we put on the armor every day, right? And one of the other things to remember is that this armor actually is what Jesus wore. So my friend Katie Chili is not here, but she stood up in our midsize gathering um, the last time we met. And, oh, is she? Oh, hey, Katie. I asked Matt if you were coming and he said you wasn't, but I'm glad that you're here. Um, but so in our last mid gathering, she stood up and she said, you know, this we need to wear the armor of God because this is what Jesus wore. And I want to read a couple of scriptures. Isaiah 11:5 5 says, Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Isaiah 59, 17, he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. So y'all, Jesus was wearing the same outfit that we should be wearing. And guess what? Like he won. When he wore that armor, he was successful and he won the battle. So the, the very same, you know, the very same like evil forces and cosmic powers and authorities that Paul is talking about, Jesus was wearing the armor when he defeated those things. So we should be wearing them as well, Right? okay y'all so um the next thing that I really want to talk about you know with teenage Shekinah when I was about 13 again I needed to be reminded of who I was my identity as a Christian but the second piece was that I needed to remember that I was in a battle okay now I want to start with just acknowledging um that the truth of the gospel is that we know we win the battle right like We know that, and that's exciting. If we look at Hebrews 13, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me, right? In 1 Corinthians 15, it says when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality. So again, transitioning from just the physical to the spiritual, it says then shall come to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where is your victory oh death where is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ right Second Timothy 1 says but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel so there's just like verse after verse after verse that's telling us like God has already won this battle and if you think about it like what are the things that we are most afraid of or just like people in general it's death like what's the worst thing that Satan can do is that he can kill us and take our physical life right and in a community like ours where you know we have high concentrations of poverty in certain places of our neighborhood where the murder rates are rising it's important that as believers we cling to that hope to know Jesus actually defeated sin and death so the worst thing that the devil could ever ever do to us is send us to an eternity with our loving father you know what i'm saying so praise god praise god that because he won we have access to that okay um and again this is the truth we have to hold fast to but maybe you're wondering what i was wondering was just like well if we win what are we fighting for like What's the point if he already won? Um, But we have to go deeper because as enticing as it is to just sort of skip to the end of the story and like wait for God to restore and reconcile all things to himself and like make everything perfect, um, there are actually some scriptures that tell us about what's happening today, right? And we have to look at those as well. So even within our text, and I think we'll actually look through a couple of these scriptures, but verse 13 says, "'Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day.'" John 10, 10, says, "'The thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy.'" James 1, 2 says, "'Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds.'" John 16, 13 says, "'I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart because I've overcome the world.'" 2 Timothy 3, three says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. So sometimes as Christians, um, our expectations can be misaligned with what we expect to happen, like what we think our lives should be and what they could be today. And just like the Lord tells us the end of the story, he tells us the middle. And guess where we are? <laughs> Smack dab in the middle of the story. So when we hear about the evil day or like difficult times, that's where we are right now, right? And like, yes, God is good. Yes, he blesses us. He gives us favor, life, health, and strength. All of those other scriptures are true too. However, if we expect the goodness and blessings of God in the middle of the gospel story, when he's already told us is the evil days and the times of difficulty, we have to be willing to fight for it, right? That's why we need our army. When we're trying our our armor so when we're trying to figure out in the middle of you know sin and debauchery and racism and hatred how are we surviving in the middle of those times it's through the armor of God right like in the middle of the the difficult days before we get to God reconciling all things the armor is how he is how he is equipping us to be able to live and thrive and survive and experience shalom in our own lives amen okay so Y'all, I thought about putting some pictures of me when I was 13 years old up, but none of them were flattering. Um, But anyway, when I was 13, you know, again, I built these habits around like this. This is what I need to do every single day, right? And um, I would encourage you guys to do the same. However, what I did not realize at 13 is that I thought, okay, if I'm saying this prayer, I'm saying this scripture, then it's this like magical, mysterious like. I don't know mythical army is just going to automatically be on me and I'm fighting this spiritual fight. However, you know, just saying the words alone um, and even going through the motions, we had all the motions that we went with it. That's not enough, right? Like when we actually look at what the armor is, right? The the belt of truth, Right? The, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, these are reflective of an actual lifestyle, right? This is about what you are doing, how you are living, right? And so Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. That means that, you know, even if I'm walking with the shoes of peace, if I don't have the belt of truth on, where am I going, right? You have to have all of these pieces together, okay? So when we think about this, the armor is actually a gift from God. It is a gift so that we can actually experience shalom today so now that we've sort of established why you need to wear the armor i want to take a few minutes um, to really talk about well to ask a question really which is are we living um are we living like we're at war or like we're at peace okay are we living like we're at war or like we're at peace so when i ask myself this question um I started, like, one of the first trails that I went on was if you treat certain parts of the armor as optional, then we've forgotten that we're at war, okay? So let's think about this. If I'm going into a physical battle, okay, would I leave my sword at home or would I go with no shoes on or with no breastplate or no shield, right? You would think, oh, you're trying to be killed. Like, you don't care about your life if you're just showing up. Not ready to fight, right? But do we do that with the armor of God, right? Have we decided like righteousness is optional? You know, holiness is optional. Maybe I don't have to do that. Maybe we've decided, you know, truth is optional and that's not something that I absolutely have to have or faith is great for Pastor Don and prayer is wonderful for Leslie, but it's not necessarily something I have to have. Um, But guys, we need All of the armor, right? So when we're thinking about how we're living today, it's important that we recognize the places where we're treating certain pieces like they're optional or like we don't have to have them because we need all of them. The second piece is if we've lost our sense of urgency, right? Like when there's a war happening, there's a lot at stake, right? Like their people are are dying, right? You're fighting, you're putting your life on the line because the stakes are that high. And have, have I had to ask myself, like, Shay, have you lost your sense of urgency, right? And when I thought more about it, there are really three places, I think, where we can find our sense of urgency if we've lost it. And the first is just looking at our world. Um, so um, if we... Whether it's the Rohingya refugee crisis or the the rising murder rates in our backyard, right? Our world needs us to fight. We have not seen the shalom, the full presence and manifestation of God in our world. So when we look at the brokenness around us, those are reasons why we have to fight, right? That's motivation for us, right? And, and. Okay so we 're looking at our world, but then if we also look at our families, you know our marriages, our children, our roommates, cousins like here that 's here today, you know people that you love and you care about, right have we seen have we seen the full manifestation of gospel in their lives now i 'm going to be honest y'all, okay, so I started looking at this video there 's a woman named Priscilla Shira, does anybody know who that is? She a baddie, right? And to be clear, I hope this is recorded. I think Aaron Rose is gonna give her a run for her money. But anyway, Priscilla Shira is this wonderful, anointed woman of God. Um, And she, something that stood out to me that she said was, you know, she looked at 2 Corinthians 11, 14, which says, And no wonder for even, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And she talks about how, you know, like, Lord, we can't just pray. Help me figure out, like, to discern between what's right and what's wrong. But she says, Lord, help us to discern between what's right and what's almost right. You know what I mean? Like, that dude that you really like and you're going and out with and you're like, oh, he's sweet and he's respectful, but he don't know the Lord, or he, you know, he got all this other stuff going on. It's like he's almost right. Or um just the other things that happen, we decide like it's close enough. And I'm just gonna be honest, y'all. Like in my life, I think one of the places that um I done this, like to just settle, was um, you know, when I looked at my family and my friends and my network and um, was really looking at, okay, what am I fighting for? Am I fighting for them to have a great education? Am I fighting for them to have a good job, like earning a living wage, for them to have sustainable housing, like to live a good life, right? And to be clear, like before I go down this road, justice is important, right? And just communities have equitable opportunity for all people to gain a good education, live a sustainable life, and as people of God, we should be pursuing justice in an effort to point people to our God who is the author and creator of justice, right? But if we're fighting for those things in and of themselves, like just for a good education or just for a middle-class lifestyle, then we've lost. And we've lost because none of those things will actually be death, right? So I think about um, Marties Johnson. handsome young man who ended up having his face slammed into the ground like bloodied and his UVA education did not save him or protect him from that right I think about Trayvon Martin we all know that story the 17 year old boy who was murdered and our justice system decided that there would be no consequence for his loss of life and it didn't matter that he was on track to graduate that his football coach said he's one of my best players that even as a little nine year old like he literally dragged his dad's body out of a burning building and saved his life like my youth development had is like oh he had great social emotional skills you know he was on track to graduate but in reality none of those things saved his life like none of them did right what does have the power to defeat death like who who did that? It's Jesus, right? And we we have him, and as believers, we have access to our God and to our Savior. And I had to I had to you know reflect on myself and say like Lord, where have I settled? Like where have I settled for the things that look like living like that the world defines as shalom instead of which you have defined as shalom, right? If I'm looking at my family and if I'm looking at the people around me and saying like the measure of success is if you don't call me and ask me for no. (laughs) or like, you know, you're, you're living a life fine. Like instead of the measure of success be, should be, you know, has your life been marked by the undeniable transformative power of the gospel? And if that has not happened, then I'm not aiming high enough. Now, all of those stuff are on the way. If you have been marked by the gospel, you should be living a sustainable life. Absolutely. But if that's all we're reaching for, then we've missed the mark. And I also had to you know, I don't mean to get all up in our stuff, but you know, we know we're in a gentrifying neighborhood, right? Broad Street used to be the border where like this is where the wealthier people live. And now the border is probably M Street. Um, but I think it's important. It probably is. Um But I think it's important for us not to forget, again, if we are defining crisis just by can you live sustainably, then we're missing it. Even if you own your house, even if, you know, you earn a great wage and, you know, you your kids have great education, if you don't know Jesus, then... You, you don't. Ultimately, you're not gonna make it, right? Like the enemy can still come in and do his worst, and he will take you out. We have, we have access to a powerful God who has said, "I conquered sin and death. I beat that." So the worst that they can do is actually sending you to live with me. And we need to be willing to give people that gift, and not to put on the lens of just like the American dream, or like, you know, again, not settle for a distortion of just the truth or a subpar truth. To what we actually know is capable and possible through God. Amen? So, um, right, so when I think about my own family, my own husband, again, I have to, you know, my cousins, my nieces, my, my in-laws, like all of them, I have to be looking at that as the measure of success. And then lastly, you know, the war is within us. Um, I kind of went back and forth around whether I was going to tell this story, but I think I will. That's kind of embarrassing. But y'all love me, right? okay so um this was a couple of years ago you know I was a full-grown person like in my 20s most of y'all knew me at this point and I remember thinking y'all this is my husband Demetrius I love him to pieces okay so so when I when we're like going out on a date or I'm getting all dressed up if I walk out of the room and he says ah if he says that, then I know I'm killing it. And I know he's like, Shay, you look beautiful, right? So I was like, you know what? I really got to do better. I'm going to start exercising. You know, I want him to say ah every time, like wake up. And he just like, ah, you know, I want to do that. So I was like, I'm going to get myself together. And then y'all, so honestly, like the thought ran across my mind, like, okay, Shay, you trying to be a dime. Okay, if you on a scale of one to 10, you could never be a 10 because you're dark skinned. That's what I thought. I don't know, most of y'all are like, Shay, you always talking about black stuff. You know, you blah, 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 blah. And it's so true. Like actually when people used to say, what's your favorite thing about yourself? I would say, my skin complexion. I think I'm the perfect milk chocolate. Like, <laughs> but deep. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny but like y'all deep deep like way way deep down in there the lie the lie that the depth of my melanin actually determined my capacity for beauty it was in there even though I didn't want to admit it and I certainly like snatched that thought down as soon as it came up but just like me I think many of us struggle with those deep deep thoughts about ourselves you think you're not enough you think you're not capable you think you know God loves you based on what you can do think you have to do certain things in order to you know attract a mate right you you're worried about how much money you have all of these things again how do i make sure i don't bury garbage again in my life if i don't have on the armor if i'm not using my sword of the spirit then i'm in the same the same situation right so we need to wear the armor because our our world our communities and ourselves like we're all worth fighting for. And God has called us to fight. We are in the middle of the story. We're not at the end yet. So we have to fight each and every day to get glimpses and pieces of shalom with us here today. So, um, okay so at this point I was feeling like excited like oh I'm ready to go I'm ready to fight like the devil tried to trick me he was bamboozling me you know telling me all these lies I'm ready to go so when I was feeling like that I thought uh you know what's better than some hype music right like we all have those songs that maybe you listen to when you're about to work out or just like when you're ready to go so since we're a beautiful like multicultural church I tried to pick songs that I thought may excite 80% of you guys um but so anyway i have five different songs i'm gonna play a clip from each one so elena can we play clip one please right? how many people are rocky fans yes and this makes you feel like i'm ready to go i'm ready to fight let's do it right that's good that's good. So some of you guys, maybe you haven't seen Rocky, but let's um let's do clip number two. This is for my, my hood, folks. Clip number two. Hey. Who knows this one? Alright. So this is another one way in the back. We've left the lyrics out. I see your destiny. So of course we've um I ain't never scared, right? It's like the devil, you thought you was coming for me? I'm not scared of you. Let's go, okay? All right, let's try clip number three. It's a good one. one right like this is my fight song I'm taking back my life song right okay before we play clip number four I just need to give a precursor if you know what this song is you are destined to be friends with Demetrius if you even just know what this is y'all should be homeboys or homegirls okay let's play clip number four like a small boat on the ocean does anybody know what it's this is, is except for Demetrius it? Yeah. yeah? Nice! So listen, new friends, y'all are like destined to know each other a thousand percent. What is it? Oh my gosh! Hello. Okay, so y'all gonna say even know that, that beat? Is because because I to be like, no, Demetrius. that's not but, what it is. Um, that was it's not. not one of the greatest. Oh my gosh! So this it's is nothing, if You buck. Again, another fight, like hood classic. If you are feeling like, yes, I'm about to fight, I'm ready to go to war. Those are the songs you listen to. So hopefully you something in on that random soundtrack list, like, like oh, touch your see? heart, and you're like, yes, I'm ready. You know, this oh, is my fight song. The devil's gonna have me. I'm ready to go. Right. I okay, you y'all. I so, so let me say this is this is how i was feeling so when your phone came on and you were like yeah maybe your eyebrows curled up and you were like yeah i'm ready to go i was feeling that way you know at this point in looking through the scripture and then i decided to go back to the scripture and like read through it again maybe we can go to that next slide elena Okay, so put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. I was like, Paul, what you mean you want to tell me to put on all of this armor I'm ready to fight I'm ready to go and you want me to just stand I'm confused right so hopefully I wanted y'all to feel bamboozled because that's how I felt so hopefully you just felt like Shay set me up for the okie-dok I was in that place right and then what I decided to do was actually look a little bit deeper. Okay. So Matthew 11:12 says, and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. If we think about this within the context, so like standing within the context of war or a battle, anytime your soldiers have advanced, they've like taken territory from the enemy, like they've taken ground um, away from the enemy. And because we know, again, God has already won, even though it looks like the enemy has a lot of ground, all of that territory actually belongs to God and belongs to us, right? However, you know, and like here's why standing is so important to emphasize. When you advance on the enemy, you need your soldiers standing information to hold the line okay so and when we think about this phrase hold the line it means maintaining the existing position this term alludes to former military tactics in which a line of troops was supposed to prevent an enemy breakthrough right so god has already advanced the kingdom the enemy has no territory but it's our job to put on the armor of god and hold the line standing steadfast to the truth of the gospel holding Y'all clapping too early, I appreciate that. I wanna like... (laughs) get my rhythm okay holding what is the line right we're holding the standards of of peace of righteousness of love hope holiness grace mercy justice the line that represents all of the attributes of the kingdom of God and in a world that tells us that truth is relative and the gospel is irrelevant and you know the line you should be holding is is the American dream we have to put on the whole armor of God every day and stand firm and hold the line for the kingdom of God amen All right, so as the band is like coming back up and we sort of close out this time. Yeah, I just want to remind you guys that it is important daily to have those practices and habits that remind you, I am a spiritual being. What I see right now in front of me, this physical, is not all that there is. And we also need to be reminded that we're in a war. So we have to put that battle. We have to put our armor on every single day. So I would encourage you, whether you're saying it to yourself or like praying it every morning or praying it with, you know, your roommates or your spouse or your kids, right? Like, you don't have to send them to Elijah House to establish this habit in their lives as well, Um, but, but to start doing that. And we're entering into our response time what I'd like for us to do is just take these next few moments to really ask the Lord what this means for you and your family. So have you forgotten that we are at war? You know, do you still struggle with believing that you are even worth fighting for? Have you lost your sense of urgency? Are we treating certain parts of the armor as as optional? You know, maybe you're struggling with spiritual family. We spent a good chunk of time, the whole series, really looking at how important that is, and maybe you're still struggling with it. Um, but a detail I won't, don't want to leave out is that a a single soldier can't hold a line on his own, right? It's it is the soldiers standing arm in arm, like next to each other, that is the power of protecting the territory of the gospel, right? So you need your spiritual family. Maybe you're somebody who is like, wow, I didn't know all of this was going on. I've I've never even joined the army of God. Or maybe you're someone who says, I was fighting before, but. You know, I got tired and I'm not fighting anymore and you want to rejoin, you know, and take advantage of righteousness, peace and truth, right? If you need any of that in your life, this is the armor is how you can participate in that. So I'd like for all of us, um, again, to take these next few moments and really think about how God is calling you to apply this in your life. Um, David is going to lead us in communion and then we'll also have, um, elders and members of the prayer team that'll be up on the walls. There's an altar here. um, make sure you intentionally respond to what God is saying to you. Amen. Amen,
2: Amen Skana. Skana. Yeah. Hey, Let's do a couple of things um, just in the um, just response. I think of shared a lot. And so let's quiet our our hearts and minds just to see what the Lord might be speaking. The two things that I want to share, but just I'm gonna give you a minute to to see what the Lord might be speaking to you. There is, um, I think, when we hear a word like that. I don't want us to get uh, just caught up in Shekana. I mean, preached a really, really great word, and uh, but I don't want us to get caught up in just the messenger, but really, really pay attention to the message. And uh, the sister that came from New Zealand just got finished talking about uh, inner healing and the things that come up, and I found that it was very interesting that Shekana uh, shared something and mixed company that is a really, really challenging thing to do. And I come from a tradition where we do like altar calls, right? Where we uh, try to ask, you know, the God to deliver us from certain things. And I think it was really huge, kind of, that you shared about colorism. This, 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 this sense that the more white I become or the closer to the continuum of uh, white that I become, the more beautiful, the smarter, the more successful that I am. And that's not something that we often talk about in, in mixed company. But um, since this is a multi-ethnic church, it's really a, a multi-racial church, it's really important that we um, pay attention that the Spirit allow that to come up. So one of the things I really want to do um, is to spend some time praying about that. If you're a person that might be a person of color, that God would deliver you um, from that. And I uh, like the way inner healing happens. It's, it's like an onion layer. It's an onion layer. And when you go watch TV later on today or tomorrow, it might come back up again. Or when you read something or you see something, it might come up again. But just really allow the spirit to work that in you. Another thing I want to also pay attention to um, as we just talk about the armor of God and the spiritual Aspect of just this fight that we're in and the kind of church that we're in I think it's really special that I'm serving communion right now Pastor Don introduced Shekinah Because when I was 18, I worked part-time as a music teacher Uh, And so I met Shekinah when she was in the 8th grade Before she went to the ninth grade And um, her life was preaching a sermon like she just got finished preaching and so I never encountered an eighth grader that was living at that level. And so I said, hey, let me meet your parents because I haven't seen anybody like that. And one of the things that she kind of talked about, and I don't know if you heard it, but she was saying, like, like sometimes success can be living the American dream. Well, see, Pastor Donna and... and uh, um, Sister Florence didn't know how to get people to receive all of the American dream. And God saved them from that foolishness. So what they said, what we can do is give them a spiritual inheritance, but we can't give financial inheritance. And one of the things that I know in this community that some of you all come uh, from communities where you feel like your birthright is to have the most you can for the American dream. And this is a struggle that you deal with being in this this community and living the decisions you make. And Am I making the right decision by not giving my kids the best opportunity that my parents gave me that blah, 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 blah. And I'm not, I understand parenting is a really difficult thing, all that kind of stuff. But no matter where you come from, I think what you just saw just now was a generational uh, transfer of a power and the spirit of God operating through parenting. So one of the things I think we should do is to pray about that too, as a parent, as, as parents. Are we saying it's the American dream or is it the kingdom of God? So let's spend some time just praying about that, seeing what the spirit says. And what's really great is that we don't have to be the ones to heal ourselves. What's really great is that in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three it says, For I received from the Lord what I pass on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this is my cup. This is the cup, this is the new covenant in my blood. And do this, so whatever you drink, it it reminds you of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And what we know about the Lord's death is... When we take this communion, it heals us from the inside out. It heals our insufficiencies as human beings, our insecurities that we deal with, our inefficiencies as parents, and whatever else is going on in our souls and our lives. So let's not take this time as common, but let's allow the Lord to begin to heal us for the work that, and the battle that God has us in. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would sanctify us, set us apart. Your spirit would reveal to us the areas that we need healing. And if there's something that uh, um, just hasn't come up, we know that your spirit knows exactly what's needed in this time, this moment. Help us just to position ourselves to hear and respond from you as we take communion and not to have this table to be a common thing. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Could the service come up?